We got some educational topics and then some silliness later on. So before before further ado, without further ado, let's jump in and I'll explain. Good morning, everybody. My name is Rob. This is Everyday Heroes under the Rob Glasser Network. And today, don't you hate it when somebody says classic? Well, maybe you don't. But today we're going to talk about the importance of why you should read a good classic book. Now, we do have a website we are pulling from, so let me get that up and running. From theartifice.com, it is a great and quick blog. And they wrote, the or they wrote about the importance of learning the classics. Now, they start with a very good point. With so many ways to read and so many things to read, it can be overwhelming for writers, readers, or just book purveyors to pick something that might be up their alley. As a result, you end up with, excuse me, two schools of thought, originals or classics, excuse me, or new or newer books. Now, what's funny is the word classic has kind of been skewed a little bit. For instance, there have been authors that have been writing since the 70s or 80s that could be considered classic, but they're really not, and they still write today. People like that, um, Stephen King, Dean Koontz, um, oh, what is her name? The one who writes all of the uh, mysteries, the letters, the one who passed away recently. Um, Tom, um, well, Tom Clancy also. Um, I guess people like Alton and Gresh, they kind of have their, oh, there you go, Sue Grafton, thank you. My wife is a very helpful purveyor of knowledge. Um, i trying to think who wrote, oh, Timothy Zahn is a great example. He wrote a lot of the Star Wars books. But those are not classics to the definition per se. So the first thing that they go over is how do you define the word classic versus the word literary canon? Classics originally, according to them, referred to works of classical civilizations, such as Greece, Rome, and other related, but today the term is kind of used very loosely. So that's where the word canon comes in. Um, the difference, according to them, is that canon is a category of works, while classics are works that have remained significant and affected subsequent generations. And we'll probably go over some titles that they have in here that will explain what that means. So the canon apparently is more strictly defined by a given generation and classics are more flexible. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on who you ask, every country, every culture has their own. So Europe has their classics. America has their classics. And while some may be the same, there's going to be a lot that don't, you know, don't make too much sense. So they, they continue with saying many people have argued that classics are representative of a Eurocentric hegemony that conceals the oppressive nature of certain groups within society. Though the fact remains that classic works of literature represent achievements of humans thought in their scope, intelligence, and university. I'd have to agree. 
most of the writing that's there is proof of the person who wrote it and their ability to write it. While uh, subject matter may be very different and obviously may not be so kind from the past, a lot of it is written more of a collegiate scale, in my opinion at least. Um, they say, while we should be aware of any exclusionary nature of any artistic tradition, we should also be able to recognize the value of classics as they relate to humanity. That being said, they say, generalizations are always risky, and what each book brings to the table is largely specific to the individual text. So really, what you think of a book versus what I do versus what my wife would is really personal choice to choice. While everybody probably had to read, I don't know, 20 of the same titles, it probably was taught differently, and it probably was absorbed differently. The first example that they have is The Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky. Uh, they say while it's a work of fiction, it's largely used as a means of exploring the philosophical tensions that were present in Russia and the world during that time period. So again, work of fiction could still represent what's going on. Um, the, these examinations in this particular book focused on problems of faith as confronted with the existence of evil, as well as rising conflicts between faith and science. Along with Dostoevsky's deep sense of psychological workings of his characters and the time period, it's a work that is well-written for most people. However, at least the people I've talked to, hated very much because, well, it's a very long book, and nobody really wants to read that book. At least most people don't want to. Um, <clears throat> now, this the blog writer does point out that these points of topic, religion, science, faith, all that, are still relevant. The debate still goes on as to if books like this are key to understanding. Um, they continue that books like this and others deal with the universe of humans, how values are structured, how our history is made, and how we interact, just to name a few things. And those things are important to talk about. Though some have said, well, read a newspaper. You can probably get a regular story with the same thing, which I guess kind of makes sense as well. Um, so they continue on with, you know, being, using that example, what constitutes a classic? Um, they say it's not really the book, it's the ability to stay relevant. That's pretty, pretty good, I think. If a book can stick around for decades or millennia and still have some sort of relevance, doesn't have to be full relevance, just some, that to them, and I think I might have to agree, would be considered a classic. Think of art, sculpture, even things like food and cultures, or um, um, I'm sorry, uh, activities you do in a culture that stick around. Whether you're of Christian faith or Jewish faith, there are things that you do regularly that follow from what you learned. So whether it's a holiday like Hanukkah or Christmas, whether it's going to 
Sunday Mass or Friday Night Temple. Those are things that stick around. And those, in the sense, are classic because those are things that, that stick. They, as they said, where was it? They stay relevant. So let's see, my wife wrote, I'm fine with lengthy books, but it's definitely got to capture my interest the whole way through. Never tried Dostoevsky. So I never read that book fully. However, through my high school and college, we've had to use excerpts to explain other article, other uh, assignments in school. But capturing interest is also important, which I think goes back to, in a way, is it still relevant in a way? But whether it's interest or relevancy, a classic has to has to stick, really. <laughs> they write, in the world today, the idea that things progress as they move forward has become highly prevalent. This may be due to the trend of technology to improve as time goes on, but this does not mean that everything evolves in this matter. This is where the problem with classic literature comes in. It's not always newer that's better, but sometimes it's the olders, the olders, the older literature that is actually more of a masterpiece. One thing that they write, they're extremely significant to many because they fall into what they call the realm of genius. This word makes me laugh. Genius is something that we appreciate more now. However, people in the past looked at a lot of these writers as a little bit crazy because of their ideas. This has led to multiple scenarios and kind of conspiracy theories. However, you got to give these guys credit and women credit, men and women credit, for what they wrote because they wrote things that kind of were out of the realm of what was happening. Look at Shakespeare. Shakespeare, while it really makes no sense because of the old English, when you actually learn the terminology, you learn the words, it's actually rather comedic, it's rather deep, and it's also rather harsh towards the world. Shakespeare was able to write in a way that basically poked fun and jabbed at politics without the politicians actually knowing. So that's the kind of realm of genius, I think, when it comes to that. I'm not sure where they're going with this, but I do like the idea of calling it the realm of genius because, yeah, just like Einstein and uh, Tesla, Nikola Tesla were kind of geniuses in their own right at the time, authors did the same thing. They do write at the end, though, here that I thought I'd bring up. While there are some who would argue that labels are merely opinion, there are those that there are always specific reasons why they get applied to these books. And anyone who takes the time to really understand such works, significant, would be hard pressed to say that their quality is merely subjective. So, those who study books for a living, those who are uh, in history, those who are antiquity, antiquarian, and do this stuff, they would tell you that while books, yes, are, like my wife said, have to be personal interest, many of these classics have historical ref or relevance that make them just more than a book, basically. Um, they continue by saying, while the classics are monuments of achievement in literature, they also provide grounding and historical development of writing, thought, and culture. There we go. 
to read Dostoevsky is not merely to study the writer's style, storytelling ability, or character development, but also to witness the philosophy, sociology, and culture of an entire civilization filtered through a narrative. Bingo. So in order to know how to write, think, and basically know what's going on, you've got to see how people were doing it in the past. Because, as they say, um, these things are subject to study as they give us insight to cultural lineage, intellectual debate, humanity, and progression of history. I'd be far-pressed to find anybody to say that books don't have a historical relevance, especially ones from the past. The ones I have up here, I have a lot of Lovecraft, but I also have two versions, Lovecraft, excuse me, I have two versions of Dante's Inferno, the original and a really cool illustrated one. Dante's Inferno was a very strong book. Not a lot of people like it. However, it was a call out of how people were running the show at the time. He actually got exiled for this because, you know, nobody wanted to be attacked. So they just kicked him out of the country and said, nope, you're done. Go away. But his book actually has a lot of relevance to how uh, religion, culture, um, science for that matter, and history were dealt with because he wanted to expose the, what was going on, basically. And he really, you know, he had the right to do so, right? So, um, let's see, going through. So there's a part near the end. Did I miss that? Oh, maybe it was on the other one. But okay, so for an, on another article that I read, I'm actually going to end this one here. Um, they said, so, okay, so ending on this one really quick. So Daniel was saying, classics are then not just merely for passive enjoyment, but a factor of joy, the largest conversation that human beings have ever had through different expressions, whether fiction or nonfiction. On another one I was reading, they said that, you know, that off, that blog writer said he hated reading Gone with the Wind, Lord of the Flies, and I think Wuthering Heights. However, he would not say that those books were bad books just because he had a problem. He understood the point of it. Now, my wife actually, great uh, question here to kind of wrap it up. I tend to think of older books as classics, Bronte, Dickens, all that, but can a modern book become a classic? Well, I would think at some point, yes, because when Bronte, when Dickens, when um, Dante, when Lovecraft, for that matter, were alive, <laughs> excuse me, their books were new. Um, however, now I just realized you wrote modern, not new. So their books were new. However, if somebody wrote something, maybe more so nonfiction, because those seem to get more uh, hype on the New York Times list and stuff like that, the autobiography, stuff like that. But I would say theoretically, if a person comes along, whether it's an author of old or new, and writes a story that hits all the notes of what history means, then yes, decades from now, after we've you know gone, theoretically, it could become a classic. Um, I think that that question is exactly key to what this blogger is writing about, where people will call it a classic even if it isn't. But I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that if you find me a book that is of the level of 
you know, what we all had to read in school. I would think it could, it could happen. That is a good question. Thank you for making me think. That was a very good question. Um, but the blog is really great. If you want to reread it, go through. I skipped a couple of sections just because I didn't want to, you know, read the entire thing through. But really, guys, the important thing here is classic literature is important, not for the fact of reading, but for the fact of understanding what went on and what is going on. Because you'll notice in a lot of these classics, they are actually, in a way, pre-setting or um, foretelling, excuse me, what happened today. Asimov is a great example. I, Robot, um, Arthur C. Clarke with his 2001, a lot of the things that were written have happened or are happening now. So for me, a classic, I think, isn't just for fun to read, but it's something to teach you the important aspects so that way you and your family and all that can go forward and actually learn from these authors. So next time you hear classic literature, guys, don't just go, oh, go pick it up, go check it out. Um, if you guys want some ideas, uh, my wife and I, my wife definitely will have a, a slew of uh, authors, I'm sure. I will have some authors for you. Uh, comment in the thing. Let us know. We'll be happy to give you some names to go try out. We'll start you with some easy ones, and then we'll kind of just bring you up. As always, guys, we have a really fun one later. If you are a Ninja Turtles fan, you're not going to want to miss this afternoon. Until then, guys, have a wonderful day. As always, stay curious, and thanks for watching.